Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, July 26th. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. So this past week was Olympic week number one. So you know that's where we're going to spend most of our time. But I do have a little bit of baseball, obviously some basketball recap from the NBA finals and some majorly breaking football stories for you before we go into Olympics. Just some quick things in the baseball world. The Toronto Blue Jays are finally returning home on the 30th, which they haven't played in their home stadium since 2019 due to the COVID pandemic. That was because Canada and U.S. had some complicated travel restrictions that they would not waive for those athletes. So they have been playing in Florida and Buffalo, New York. However, they're going home. The Cleveland Indians will be no longer the Indians. They've been that name since 1915. But due to the PC times we live in, they did say that they were going to drop that name. And they will now be the Cleveland Guardians as of the 2022 season. Why the Guardians, you may ask? Well, there's actually the Hope Memorial Bridge has statues of Guardians on it in Cleveland. So the fan base thought that was really fitting. Obviously, since we're in the middle of the MLB season, there's plenty of baseball stories to tell. So check out the blog for the rest of them. I will leave you with a Dallas, Texas fact. The Texas Rangers have lost their 12th straight game after they lost to their in-state rivals, the Astros, 3-1 to yesterday. This is the worst skid since 1982 and the worst record completely in franchise history is 1972. However, there is a glimmer of hope as they play the Diamondbacks tomorrow 
and they have the worst record in the entire league. Let's hope the Rangers can pull out the W. Switching gears to basketball, I know I told you to watch the NBA Finals last week, so just to follow up, Bucks in six turns out to have been prolific of a chant, as Milwaukee did actually win in six games. The Bucks took home the NBA final for the first time in 50 years. That's 1971, people. To put that in perspective of how long ago that was, Patton was the Academy Award winning best picture for that year. To no one's surprise, Giannis won MVP, and the first thing he did was went to Chick-fil-A. In basketball Olympic news, in a shocking upset team usa lost to france 83 to 76 in their opener of the tokyo games this is the first loss for team usa since 2004 that is 25 game winning streak snapped however don't stop watching because they just win out their group and they'll move on to the tournament style play okay this next topic exhausts me but we're going to touch on football really fast And in case you've been living under a rock, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC to join that conference. We don't know a lot of the details yet, but this has huge implications on conferences all around the college football playoff and everything because the Big 12 will lose its two powerhouses. And by that, I really mean Oklahoma the last couple of years. But Texas is a huge moneymaker to lose for the Big 12. That also means the Big 12 will only have eight teams, which doesn't seem to really hold up in the college football playoff discussion. So we are either going to see a consolidation of conferences or that conference will pick up other teams from the Power Five, maybe like Cincinnati. Either way, it is throwing the college football world into chaos Texas A&M is pissed, to say the least, because Texas A&M has loved the fact that they are in a monopoly for recruiting from the state of Texas. They basically like going to recruits and saying, well, you don't have to leave the state of Texas, but you can still compete in the SEC if you come to us. So that's been their huge pull the last couple of years when they left. And if Texas joins, they will obviously lose that recruiting advantage. I am actually going to offer my opinion here, even though I don't usually like to do that in the weekly update, but I hate this move for the University of Oklahoma. Why fix something if it ain't broke? We make it to the college football playoff almost every year, and sometimes when we don't deserve it, why mess with that formula by joining the SEC where every week is going to be a grind? Let me make myself clear, though, this is purely short term a mistake, (laughs) in my opinion. I think overall and in a couple of years, we were probably going to see a consolidation of conferences anyway. And in that sense, you know, the SEC does make a lot of sense. I'm going to go ahead and leave that for now because we really don't know a lot of information yet. And this is going to develop over the next couple of weeks and frankly in an olympic week it shouldn't really matter right now we have no control over it it's going to happen so i will keep you up to date but let's move on 
a quick developing story in football, but in the NFL, is Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson has actually shown up for training camp, mainly to avoid the 50 grand per day fine, but he still wants to get traded. And as of today, the Texans said they will willingly trade him. Willingly, yes, but that does not come cheap. They've said that they want five high draft picks and starting players for him, which makes sense because he was their franchise quarterback. All right, but seriously, it's Olympic time. Olympic action started with Team USA softball, and they went through their group completely undefeated. So obviously we won our first game and went on to go even to beat the host nation, Japan, And we and them are clearly number one and number two. And that's exactly who you will see in the gold medal match on Tuesday. The women's soccer team was a completely different story. Team USA lost their first game to Sweden and not only lost, but frankly got their butts kicked. I actually watched that game and we could not possess the ball. Our shots on goal were very weak. And that ends a streak of 44 games in a row. We did bounce back to beat New Zealand 6-1. to However, New Zealand is the worst in our group play, so that really isn't that big of an accomplishment, but it was nice to have that bounce back. We will also play Australia in group play and hopefully advance to the quarterfinals, but we need to win that game handily as the top two teams from each group play advance to the knockout stage. Sticking with some of the big upsets of the game so far, Katie Ledecky got upset in the 400-meter free by Australian Ariane Titmus last night. We knew that was going to be a close race, and those two have been battling it back and forth, so that wasn't a huge surprise. However, the biggest upset of the game so far was Japanese male gymnast Kohei Uchimura did not make the final in the men's high bar. He is a seven-time Olympian and the reigning gold medalist in the all-around, both in Rio and London. Another upset for the home nation was 400 IM favorite Seto did not even make the final. But let's move on to happier news. Team USA, as of right now, has seven gold medals to its name. We won, for the first time ever, the women's foil individual with Lee Kiefer. We also took home the men's 10-meter air rifle gold medal. We swept the skeet shooting events. And we've done well on the men's side of swimming. Our men's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay took home the gold last night. That was a super exciting race if you didn't get to watch. And Chase Kalish took home the men's 400-meter IM gold medal on the first night of swimming finals. We also took home the gold medal in women's taekwondo for 57 kilograms. We only have two athletes competing for Team USA in taekwondo, and one brought home a gold medal. So congratulations to Anastasia. Both of our men and women gymnastics teams advanced to the team final. Our men have already competed technically in Tokyo time for the team final. I, however, am not going to give that result away as this podcast will probably be published before primetime tonight. And so if you don't want any spoilers, I won't spoil it. The Team USA women also qualified for the team final. You also qualify for each individual event as well on qualification rounds. 
And even though Simone Biles did not look up to her normal standard, she still qualified in every event. That only leaves one spot for another American woman as you can qualify only two per country per event. And in a quick recap of the opening ceremonies, which were on Friday, we sent 603 athletes, which is our second largest amount ever. Our flag bearers were Sue Bird from women's basketball and Eddie Alvarez from baseball. Most of our athletes did not walk in opening ceremonies, and that's for a number of reasons. One being like swimmers who actually have active competitions. They don't want to sit there and stand for hours on end when they've got to compete the next day or potentially that same day. And also our track and field athletes, a lot of them are not even in the country yet because you cannot enter until five days before your event, which it's still a week away from when the track and field events start. If you were annoyed because you watched the entire parade of nations and we were third to last, let me tell you why that is. So you always start with Greece as they are the ones who came up with the Olympic Games. And then the rest of the countries are determined by alphabet of the host nation, which therefore was Japanese this year. And you always end with the host nations. That includes the upcoming host nations, thus us France, and the host nation currently, Japan was last. All right, so that's the recap of the last week, as well as a little bit of stuff to watch, and here is what to watch this upcoming week. In Team USA men's basketball, we're not done yet. We just have to win out our group, and we play Iran late tomorrow night at 11.40 and the Czech Republic at 7 a.m. on Saturday. The men's golf competition in the Olympics also starts this week. Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm have both tested positive for COVID and will not be competing, but that doesn't stop the rest of the field. There are actually no medalists from Rio even competing in the men's golf tournament. Tournament starts at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. The women's soccer team also needs to win out, and their game versus Australia is bright and early at 3 a.m. tomorrow. Quarterfinals will begin on Friday and semifinals on Monday. There are so many good swimming events for Team USA that I can't possibly touch on all of them. Swimming does end this week, so be sure you get your swimming fix in. Headlining tonight is the men's 100-meter backstroke. Ryan Murphy won both the 100-meter and the 200-meter in Rio, and the United States is undefeated since 1996. Finger-wagging Lily King will be back in the pool tonight in the 100-meter breaststroke versus that famous Russian Yefimova. Tuesday morning, you have the debut of men's and women's surfing as well as the women's gymnastics team final at 5.45 a.m., so set your alarms. Katie Ledecky will be back in the pool in the 200-meter freestyle at 8.41, and in just over an hour later, she will be swimming in the debut of the women's 1,500-meter freestyle at 9.54. Hungarian queen of the IM also returns to the pool on Tuesday night at 9.45 in the women's 200-meter IM. And very bright and early on Wednesday morning, we have the men's individual all-around in 
gymnastics. We have Sam McCulloch and Brody Malone competing in that at 5.15 a.m. Ryan Murphy and Lily King both return to the pool on Thursday night. And track and field officially starts on Friday with the men's 10,000 meters at 6.30 a.m. That same day, you'll still see swimming going on. Katie Ledecky will return for her main event in the 800-meter freestyle that night. And we'll get to see the mixed 4x100-meter medley relay. So that'll be men and women competing together. In similar fashion, we have the mixed 4x400-meter relay in athletics at 7.35 Saturday morning, followed immediately by the women's 100-meter dash. Then we'll switch to the sprints in the pool with the men's 50-meter freestyle and the women's 50-meter freestyle. You will recognize Simone Manuel here as the first black woman for America to win a gold medal. That is the last day for swimming events in the pool, and we end with both the men and the women's 4x100-meter medley relays. Don't miss those. They're so good. Brighton and early Sunday morning at 3 a.m., the individual gymnastics events start. So this will be the floor, vault, pommel horse, all those events. And we have two Americans in each of those events. Those will run through Tuesday. We end the week with track and field with the men's 100-meter dash at 7.50 a.m. on Sunday and the women's 100-meter hurdles at 9.15 p.m. The reason why you should definitely keep that event in mind is the Team USA dominates the women's 100 meter hurdles. It is actually known as the hardest event to make on Team USA. So like I've said before, I can't possibly cover all of Team USA's Olympic events this week. So please go check out the blog, thegirlfriendsguidetosports.com. I have every medal event listed by day, by time, so you don't miss a thing. And that's it for this week. So sorry I went over the 10 minutes that I usually try to keep this to, but there was just too much going on, especially Olympic-wise, which you know I'm a fanatic about. So hope to see y'all next week after another exciting seven days from Tokyo 2020.